Martin Luther's Declaration to His Countrymen by Martin Luther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Distractions increasing through Germany, when things seemed to tend towards tumults and insurrections, for the Boers had, here there is a lacuna in the text, taken up arms, Luther, in a published writing, warned all to abstain from sedition, for although some terrible and present danger seemed to hang over the churchmen's heads, yet he thinks that it would be nothing or not so great as to overturn all their power for a self greater misery. Here there is a lacuna in the text. Their heads, and that that would come to pass which after Daniel, Paul, if foretold, that their tyranny should fall by no human power but by the coming of Christ our Saviour and the Holy Ghost, and that this was the foundation of his opinion, and these views he never greatly resisted them who attempted to bring about their distraction with war, and that he certainly knows that they endeavour in vain, and although happily some few churchmen are. Here there is a lacuna in the text. Yet this butchery will not take away all of them, and that they now tremble and run up and down, and that he heartily wishes that they may tremble more and more, if perchance they may repent of their offences, but that the wrath of God is kindled, and that formerly they were troubled with the danger of their lives, and now of their estates, but take no thought how to be reconciled to God, nay, secure in all things, despite so good admonitions, and almost laugh at the denouncing of God's wrath and although they have reason to fear nothing worse, yet since the present condition of affairs require some declaration of my advices, I will freely speak my mind. And first of all, it concerns the magistrate to provide that their people receive not any damage, and to endeavour that religion be not blemished with false doctrines. This is their duty, and that they ought to use all the power they have to God's glory, and the people's safety, but because they do far otherwise, and hinder each other, and some to maintain false doctrines, that those princes shall not escape unpunished. This is not my counsel that papists should be opposed with arms, but that the magistrate should bind them to their duty, and should in this exercise their power and authority, and should not strengthen their boldness and impiety, neither with their clemency or dissembling. But as for the common people and unskilful multitude, that they must gravely be warned, that they take not up arms unless with the consent of their prince, for otherwise they will lose their labour, and God will take vengeance on them. Neither shall so great a sin be atoned with so light a punishment, but that the magistrates go on so slowly and negligently, and suffer so great indignities, and are not a whit moved with so open injuries and scoffs of the churchmen. This falls out through God's permission, that he himself might revenge this business, and pour out all his vengeance on them and though haply this should break forth into tumults, and God suffer himself to be satisfied with so gentle a punishment, yet these ways of sedition are not only not commendable, but unprofitable also, for there's no reason in sedition, and it commonly falls out the innocent principally suffer, and that none that raiseth tumults are excusable, although their cause be just, and when a popular tumult is once up, good and honest men must needs perish together with the ungodly and wicked." Therefore we must have an eye to the prince, and so long as he stirs not, we must not attempt anything privately. For all sedition thwarts God's commandments, who hath commanded that all the differences of private men ought to be ended by law. And since sedition is nothing else but private revenge, and no man doubts but God disallows, and hates it, and that this present sedition is raised by the devil, 
the enemy of mankind, who, not abiding the light of the truth, stirs up sedition amongst men that profess the gospel, that he might bring into hatred and disappraise the truth restored us by God's blessing for some years past, as if it came not from God, and seemed to give occasion to so great evils, as our adversaries exceedingly brag hereof, yet their judgments are to be slighted, and I wholly contemn them. I have neither written nor spoken anything to kindle any sedition. Now, for them which ask and object, what then must be done, and how far must we suffer these indignities, the prince conniving and dissembling, they must follow this rule, first acknowledge their sins, with which God, being angry, hath permitted this churchman's tyranny to be so lasting, and to wander so far that this so cruel and wicked power is the wage of our sins and ungodliness, which, if we would have taken from us, we ought principally to reconcile God to us by amendment of our lives, then with fervent prayer desire God's assistance against the power of the Pope, following David's example, who besought God often that he would break the power and pride of the ungodly. Lastly, we must make famous the doctrine of the gospel, and manifest to the whole world the imposture of the papists, that their errors being discovered and the truth received, men would esteem at naught and contemn whatever proceeds from them, and that this is the best means to weaken their powers. Nothing at all is gained with force and arms, and for the most part it falls out that they are rather strengthened by war. But if Christ should be compared with the person of the Pope, then it would appear what's the difference betwixt the light of the sun and darkness, and what a blessing God hath conferred upon us by making a passage for us to the knowledge of himself, removing all rubs out of the way, and then at last will all their power and credit decay. This may be showed in my own example, who have more troubled the pontifical power than any violence or force of arms could do, and therefore no other sedition is to be wished for, and that the preaching of the gospel alone, now revived with Christ's assistance, will be powerful and sharp enough to destroy the popedom. Hither we must fix our eyes and mind, neither look any whither else. This is not my work wherein I am conversant, for so great a weight exceeds the strength and measure of man's wit, that the gospel hath spread so far, and hath wholly exceeded my expectation, and therefore doubt not, but he which hath laid the foundation of the work, hath given the increase, will bring it also to an end, and period, although all our enemies resist and oppose themselves against us. When the devil saw all other his attempts in vain, betook himself to a new course, and raiseth men to sedition, that he might hinder men from falling from his own, and the Pope's government. But he will not bring to pass what he endeavours, and twill come to pass that more and more twill be weakened by the preaching of the true doctrine. We must persevere in that doctrine with all care and diligence, and declare how little men's decrees avail to salvation. Satan, now seeing the decay of his kingdom, nicest tumult, and assays to hinder the growth of the gospel by sedition. Tis true, I confess, that those princes, which will not suffer the preaching of the gospel, which press and oppress their people many ways, are worthy to be dethroned by God, for they are inexcusable. And although this be so, yet you must be careful to keep your consciences pure and blameless, otherwise you will lose both body and soul." neither ought you to consider how great your forces are or how much your adversaries are to be blamed but how just and lawful the cause is you maintain take therefore careful heed neither believe all sermons for satan under pretence of the gospel hath raised up at this time many seditious and bloody teachers truly i will freely and sincerely counsel you as i ought tis your part to mind and hearken to him that rightly counsels you neither though many speak evil of me and rail at me am i moved thereat it is enough if I can snatch some from God's vengeance. 
i regard not the other crew and as they contemn me so neither on the other side do i fear them but to come to the purpose you challenge indeed the name of god and ye call yourselves a christian company and brag you will follow that law god hath ordained but without doubt you know god's name is not to be taken in vain nor safely for god hath threatened such a punishment which waits on you for you do not well in this business he that drowned the world that destroyed sodom with a fiery rain will easily overturn you also whatsoever your strength is but it may be easily demonstrate that you falsely pretend the name of god in your actions therefore we may clearly judge of the issue for he deceives not that said they that take the sword shall perish with the sword they to wit who boldly of themselves take upon them the power of punishing notwithstanding paul commands every soul to obey their princes reverently and with fear what will you answer to this who fain you will follow the prescript of god's word and yet in the meanwhile ye take the sword and resist your prince whom god hath set over you is not this to take god's name in vain but you object the prince so behaves himself that he is not to be endured for he takes from us the doctrine of the gospel and in all other things so oppresseth that he cannot more grant it is so yet notwithstanding all this war and sedition are not to be raised for it belongs not to every one to restrain evils but to him alone to whom is given the power and might of the sword as the scripture plainly speaks to whom is given the power and right of the sword as the scripture plainly speaks besides not only laws but the law of nature too imprinted in us show that tis not lawful for any one to be jury and judge in his own cause for we are all naught and wholly blinded with self-love but it cannot be denied that this your tumult and sedition is a private revenge because you take upon you to be judges in your own cause and endeavour to revenge those injuries you think are done you with your own power but this your dealing is against the law of god the law of nature and justice itself and since this is so you cannot by any means defend this heinous crime for if you have any warrant from god for these doings you must needs declare it by some notable miracle but here it falls out as christ saith you see clearly what is to be blamed in others but observe not how much impiety there is in your own cause the magistrate you say deals unjustly but you much more unjustly who contemning god's commandment here there is a lacuna in the text one another's right who leave nothing at all to your prince for what is left to him when ye take away his power i appeal unto yourselves which think you is the worse of the two he that takes away from a man a great part of his goods yet leaves something or he that having taken away the goods takes away his life also the prince takes from you your estates he doth unjustly but you take away his power wherein consists his whole fortune both of body and goods therefore you are worse than he but you will say we neither desire his life nor estate believe this he that will i will not whosoever takes away from any one the chief part will not fear to take away the residue that depends thereon but be it as you say let him enjoy his estate let his life be safe that which you have done already exceeds all measure when you have spoiled him of all power you yourselves will be lords paramount weigh this within yourselves i beseech you if this your course be commendable and must prevail there will be no judgments no magistrates and it shall be lawful for every one privately to do to any one according to his own will and lust neither can we look for any other fruit from hence than killing and plundering one another for as every one thinks he is injured by another so will he revenge that wrong as he pleaseth but if this be unjust and ought to be endured in no person much less ought it to be granted to any multitude of men assembled together or if it be granted it is to be borne in each person 
what in this your company if things should come to that liberty that every one should defend his own cause privately i pray you what would you do without doubt he should be compelled to appear before the commonplace of judgment established by you what excuse have you then which tear asunder justice and reject your prince whom god himself hath set over you this law whereof we speak is imprinted in all men's minds and is reverenced even by the most barbarous people for otherwise all things would be tumultuously carried which did you observe diligently yet were ye not herein much better than the turks or such kind of people ignorant of our religion for to undergo public trial and obedience to the prince makes not up a christian for very necessity compels us even against our wills hereunto since therefore you violate this law of nature you are far worse than the heathens so far are you from being worthy of the name of christians which title since you arrogate to yourselves and wrong god's name being unworthy of the name of turks since you violate the law of nature how then will ye stand in the sight of christ at the day of universal judgment look to it again and again what teachers you have for fear i left some bloody teachers have crept in among you who drive you on with sermons that having your aid they might invade both power and sovereignty careless wholly of your estates and salvation god commands that all revenge should be left to him scripture commands us to obey even bad governors therefore we must obey else you shall raise sedition which at length will fall on your own pates for god will not suffer this licentiousness to escape unpunished and while ye seek for liberty lose your life goods and soul god's wrath is hot against you and the devil the enemy of all men's salvation hath sent false teachers amongst you beware therefore and repent now shall i speak of christianity and gospel since you take this name upon you tis fit trial should be made what manner of law yours is and first christ commands us not to resist evil but to him that strikes the one cheek we must reach the other to him that takes away our coat we must give our cloak also that we should bless and do good to our enemies to the same purpose are many places in holy writ but now see how this your course answers christ's command see whither your teachers have led you tis a christian's part to suffer take up the cross not to resist not to revenge not to strike with the sword but what like this is seen in you very hard is the christian profession and few perform that which indeed they ought which that it may the better be understood i will give you an example of that law whereof we speak peter that he might defend his lord and master smote the servant of the high priest did he not do it on good ground since they did not only seek christ's life but did take from his disciples the gospel whereon their salvation did depend viz by taking away their master christ but you have not yet suffered so great an injury but what doth christ the while he commands peter to abstain from defence deeply sentencing those that take up the sword without their prince's consent and execute private revenge what doth christ when he is nailed to the cross when he is forbade to teach as god the father had commanded he bears patiently relying wholly on god the father and prays unto him for his persecutors you must tread in these footsteps or lay down that glorious title but now since you take up arms you shall not obtain your desires and your weapons shall fall out of your hands and now will i speak somewhat of myself the whole world opposed me mightily and yet notwithstanding by how much their opposition was more vehement by so much did my doctrine spread the wider how so because i did nothing violently i raised no tumult i was not desirous of revenge 
but the civil magistrate i reverenced and honoured them with my writings as much as in me lay and what was most principal committing all to god i did acquiesce in my power thus therefore have i been preserved to this day though the pope and my adversaries gnash their teeth at me and my doctrine hath spread to many people but you proceed too violently and whilst you think you promote the work conceive not how much you endamage it these things are spoken to this purpose that you lay aside from you the name of christians though ye maintain the best cause yet as we showed before tis neither lawful for a christian man to fight against nor resist an evil prince the title therefore and name of christians i neither grant nor give you neither would i hereby excuse your princes for they do many things unjustly i acknowledge yet nevertheless this your action is far removed from the profession of the christian name but if you shall wilfully keep that name and under this colour shall shadow your cause i profess myself your enemy because under pretence of the gospel ye do that which plainly crosseth the doctrine of christ therefore i pray god that he would look on you afar off and overthrow this your course i shall thus pray though i had rather you should so demean yourselves that it might not be needful for me to pray thus against you they which are true christians do nothing violently but suffer and pray as the holy men of all times show by their example for this is the only saving way and brings greatest quiet to the conscience but you can expect no blessing from god indeed it may come to pass that god winking at it you may find some success but at last all will turn to your own destruction ye ought not to force anything from the magistrate for that's against justice and the law of nature the places of scripture quoted by your teachers are neither fully nor faithfully cited and being more nearly eyed make not for you but against you this you principally say the gospel is taken from you but it cannot be that any one should be driven therefrom for it is not tied to any certain place but freely wanders and is spread throughout the world as that star which shone to them that came from the east showing them where christ was born and lay tis indeed in the prince's power to forbid any one to come where the gospel is taught but tis in our power too to forsake our country and to pursue this doctrine in other countries any place itself is not to be kept or seized on by you but must be resigned up to the prince or lord and we must go somewhere else as christ teacheth as for the first demand concerning the choosing of ministers tis well if you proceed orderly for if the prince were donor of the goods wherewith the ministers are maintained then tis not lawful for the people to bestow it on any one but first the prince is to be desired to set over a pastor if he refuses the people may choose and maintain one at their own charges if the prince permit not this then must the chosen pastor fly and he that will with him if you do otherwise you commit sin and injury and this is my opinion and counsel men and brethren which you desired of me now tis your part since you write you will obey the testimonies of scripture to apply your minds thereunto but do not so soon as these things shall be brought unto you here there is a lacuna in the text as if i were become the prince's flatterer as if i taught truly but first weigh the whole matter and the reasons urged for certainly your business is handled but especially beware of those teachers that stir you up i know all this kind of here there is a lacuna in the text they lead you to a steep that they may get honours and estates by your danger end of martin luther's declaration to his countrymen by martin luther